Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Hello and welcome to You Beauty and it is Tuesday which means I'm your host Chazzy Hunt and I will be asking an expert all about a particular beauty topic. And if you've ever contemplated going blonde, well good news, today's episode is just for you. I'm joined on the show by Rhiannon Damara who is Revlon Professionals Blonde Ambassador and Educator and an expert in all things hair colour and she's going to tell us what we need to know before taking that blonde plunge. Rhiannon, welcome to You Beauty. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. So going blonde is something many people have either contemplated doing at one point or another. Maybe they've done it. Maybe they've talked themselves out. But today, what I'd love to get your thoughts on are some of those considerations you need to be aware of before and after embracing that blonde life. And I want to start super simple, and that is, can anyone go blonde? I definitely think that everyone can have like a variation of blonde. Okay, that's exciting. Just depends on how committed you are, I guess. Let's talk about natural hair colour and how that affects your ability to go blonde. What do you need to take into account when it comes to your natural hair colour? It impacts on the way you can go blonde because it determines how fast you can go blonde and the way in which your colourist will go blonde. So you can't go from like dark to super light straight away. You might have to go through a few tones. It's just literally like chemistry of the hair and scientific. You can't just go from black to white and still have hair on your head in one session. So you can try a few variations in between. And then also if you have like super, super curly hair, it's not best to be like lightening it because you're already working against the curl and the texture. But there are ways you can go about it. But you kind of, I need to feel someone's hair to be like, yes, we can do it or no, we can't do it or we can do something in between. So it's not just hair colour but actual natural hair texture that has to be taken into account. Absolutely. How does the process of transforming the hair into blonde affect the natural hair colour and feel (laughs) and texture and everything? Well, it depends how it's gone about. You can either lighten hair with something called like a high leaf tint, which lifts and deposits at the same time. I'm going to get a little bit technical here. Do it. We love technical. (laughs) Or if you're only lifting the hair a few shades, you can use a tint which is a little bit lighter than your client's natural hair colour. Or if you want to really get into it, you can use like a lightener. It's bleach. It was taboo to say that for a long time, but it is what it is. (laughs) If you're using bleach, it actually does swell the hair and um, opens up the cuticle to let the pigment out. So you do end up with a coarser hair texture than you had before. It's just about caring for that hair in a couple of weeks after you get it coloured to make sure that that cuticle shuts right back down. So is the type of colouring method you use dependent on where you're starting from and where you're trying to get to? Is that basically it? Yes, absolutely. So you really have to go through everything with someone before they're 
coming in for a lightning session. Like swimming, where do you live? Because some people have copper pipes. Like it's oh. very detailed. <laughs> wow. This is like a get-to-know-your-life situation. Well, I'd love to know then about how you go about deciding on that shade of blonde that will suit you because I'm sure you would have it where people would walk in with this picture saying, this blonde, I want this blonde. But in actual fact, how do you as a colorist negotiate that with the client to come up with a happy medium where there's a blonde color that will actually physically be possible to achieve but also suit them? So when they walk in the door, you kind of look at them as a whole. So what color jewelry are they wearing? What sort of tones of clothes are they wearing? Like that's kind of like reflecting on what they like to wear. Is it cool or warm or out there or in between? And then also just gathering all of the photos that they've come in with. I like an array of photos. And then you can kind of pick them apart and figure out like, what do you like about this picture? What don't you like about this picture? Kind of where that fits into me deciphering what they want, but what will work for them that we can meet in the middle. That's the thing, isn't it? It's not just about what they want. It might be quite clear from the pictures particularly, but you're like looking at their hair, at their natural texture going, I just don't know if we can get there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. How about in terms of the time amount it would take to transition into blonde, particularly if you do have darker hair? Is this something that can happen in one session or is it something that will have to happen over the course of sessions? I'd always recommend going slow and steady wins the race. It's just a chemical process and you don't know how someone's hair is going to react to being lightened. It might get really dry or it might be fine or it might, you know, need a lot more styling because it goes a bit frizzier. Like it just depends on how you're going to handle that hair because it's not just in the salon. It's everything that you do outside of the salon. It it Mm. weighs on that. It is possible, but it can take a long time. (laughs) I just had this very random thought all these lifestyle questions you have to ask someone before they go blonde, do you have to ask them these questions if they're going any other shade like brunette or red? Is this a blonde-only consideration? I know you do because red fades out of the hair really quickly. So if okay. they're washing their hair every day, I'm like, I don't think so, girl. It's going to wash out in three days and you're going to be angry at me. Once you've had that consultation, you've both agreed and decided from the outset what it's going to look like. What about if you've decided that perhaps this person isn't a full blonde, how can they kind of dabble in the blonde arena without going all the way in? Dabbling in the blonde arena. We could go for something like a face frame, which is just, you know, some lightness around the face, just to test the water. You've still got a bit of depth in there, some balayage, you know. You could try with that high lift kind of technique that I said before, which does kind of segue into going lighter and lighter. 99.9 times everyone comes back and they're like, more, more blonde, more blonde, more blonde. Oh, so it's a real gateway blonde is what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. For people who are absolute first-timers in this whole world, give us a walkthrough. What would a person who's walking into salon expect to happen during that very first blonde colouring appointment? They would come in and take a seat, get really comfortable because the first-time appointment is usually the longest one because we can determine, you know, how their hair's reacting to the colour and we like to always go low and slow, we call it. So like a really low developer doing it really slowly just to see what's going on underneath. And then, you know, lots of chats, lots of weaving, lots of painting, lots of foils, lots of rinsing, lots of treatments (laughs) and sometimes some wine and, you know, whatever keeps the time going quickly for our clients basically. Walking away, you'd expect to be taking something that will... Keep your colour the colour that we leave it with at home, like a toner, 
type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always recommend the Revlon Professional Nutri-Color filters. They're amazing. Every shade, we can pre-mix them and then your client always walks around with that colour. How long are we talking in the chair? I know <laughs> you mentioned wine, which sounds great, but um, how long typically would someone expect to spend in the chair if they're getting a blonde job done? It always depends on what they're getting done, but I think between like three Sometimes up to six hours. It depends on how dark their hair is, how much hair they have. It can be a long haul, but it can also be quick. So, like, that should be gone through in the consult as well. Like, if you've got two babies at home and you need to be in and out, then we need to come up with a plan that's going to work for you. That You can still be blonde, but maybe not as blonde as normal or have a long appointment every kind of, like, once a year or twice a year. And then when it comes to, as you said, that very thick hair or even curly hair, do you need to be starting to have discussions like, we're talking multiple visits. We're talking a really long-term process. Depends on the health of the hair. It's so individual. Like everyone's plans very individual. But most of my clients are mainly in there for like four to six hours, but they love it. Like a lot of my clients <laughs> don't have just one glass of wine as well. It's the best time. <laughs> so it's like lots of fun and then they walk out feeling beautiful and a little bit drunk. Tell me, is it expensive to go blonde? Uh, it can be. It depends on where your salon is and how often you're going in, what your lifestyle is like, like all the things I mentioned before. But yes, it is much more expensive because of just of the labor and the amount of product and time that it takes to go blonde, like five or six hours in the salon, depending on what a salon's overheads are, they're all factored into your price. Yeah. So what is like a ballpark amount for that kind of appointment? Anywhere between $350 to $700, depending on your location and how experienced your stylist is. And then how often do you then need to be coming back to deal with regrowth or if you're still in the process of getting to your dream blonde stage, how frequent will the appointments need to be? I think if you're trying to get to your dream blonde stage, you're going to have more frequent appointments because you want to get there, but you've got to have the hair rest for a lot longer between appointments as well. So there's a happy medium Mm. there. Once you're at your dream blonde, to maintain it is actually not as hard as you think. Like a lot of blondes these days are really lived in. So you, especially after lockdowns and everything that's happened in the last couple of years, I think a lot of people got more comfortable with their natural hair colour. So it's not so like, oh, every six weeks you need to be in the salon getting your highlights done. Yeah, It's more like, you know, what can we do to just freshen you up? So that can also help with budget and all of that as well. If your blonde colour doesn't quite turn out how you had imagined or how the colourist had discussed, what can be done at that point? Is there anything? I mean, it's never good, is it? But I think it's really important that if this does happen, you might have had colour on there that you didn't think was a permanent colour or anything that the lightness had to go through. So if there's a blockage there, then I think your stylist would say, look, this has happened. But if you're not happy with the colour or you think that it's gone wrong, always say something because most stylists would bend over backwards to make sure that you're happy because that's the best part of our job. Mm. So I think always have a conversation. You could always do like a root shadow toner. There are actually a lot of things you can do, but also that adds more time onto your six-hour appointment, which most people I don't think would be happy with. That's okay. We make it work. All right, let's talk about maintenance and upkeep. In some ways, I'm like, this is the less fun part compared to, you know, wine and hanging out in a salon for hours and discussing colour. But tell me about why it's so important to do those steps when you go blonde and what you really need to be doing regularly to maintain that colour. You really need to be doing treatments. 
like once a week, some with a tone if you wanted to keep your tone. Like say if you're like a deeper blonde, there's semi-permanent colour conditioners, the ones I talked about just before, the Nutri-Colour creams. They treat the hair and they also deposit a pigment that will last for three to five washes. So you're always walking around with this fabulous tone, flexing your hair, making sure you're not washing it too much, using a heat protector, all of those things. (laughs) You can't kind of get away with the not doing it as much as you could with, say, natural hair or even darker hair colours. No. Well, I mean, everyone should be using a treatment, but I think especially the first few weeks after you get it coloured, after that, the cuticle shuts down and it's smooth sailing till your next hair appointment, then you've got to give it some TLC again. It's just because of the structure's been changed so much when we're colouring. That brings me to our listener question. It goes like this. Hello, my blonde hair is giving me the middle finger and I need some recommendations for a hair mask. My hair is very dry and coloured with foils blonde, so it's already desperate for a drink of hydration. I walked the aisles of Chemist Warehouse looking, but I need help. Rhiannon, what do you think? I am going to sound like a broken record, but I feel like she should really heat up the Nutri-Color Cream. They're a real savvy as well. They're only like $26.95. And if you're not sure what color you are, you can get white. I sleep in mine overnight. It doesn't overtone or anything. White is just clear, but it infuses the hair with beautiful ingredients and makes it soft and shiny. And then the one thing every blonde fears is the dreaded brassiness. What can you do to prevent your gorgeous newly coloured blonde locks from turning orange or brassy? Definitely always use a heat protector. I don't know if anyone's seen it going around lately, but there was a video done on, I think it might be TikTok, doing an extension with an eye and one with a little bit with a heat protector on it and then some with not. And you can see it straight away just turns super yellow. It's just literally burning the hair. And then also like fake tan is notorious for turning your hair brassy. Like if you find that your hair goes brassy underneath, it's usually because your fake tan's washing into it. It's like really hard for us to get out. (laughs) So maybe use a hairnet, shower cap. Yeah, that's like a chemical experiment that is not going to end well, combining the coloured hair with the fake tan chemicals. Wow. Even if you just have blonde hair, you'll sometimes be like, why are my ends so orange? And it's because you've fake tanned and been like, you know, dipped your beautiful blonde hair in your tan. That's such a consideration to factor in. Blonde hair seems like a commitment. That's what I'm taking from our chat today. You know, there's time, there's money and maintenance involved. But tell me, ultimately, why is it worth it? Oh, my God, it's just the best. There's so many different (laughs) variations of blonde. I feel like it really brightens up people's faces, like it brightens your skin tone. You can bring out features on people, like if they've got really bright, beautiful eyes, you can put, you know, a really bright piece right near where they want to bring out their features. There's so many things you can do. And you just walk around feeling like a blonde goddess all the time. It's not only goddess, but there's strategy to being a goddess, blonde goddess as well. (laughs) Absolutely. We like to finish up every episode by asking our expert to confirm or deny a myth. So here's yours. Only 2% of the actual population are natural blondes. True or false? I feel like that might be true. (laughs) Let me say, it is true. I gave you a bit of a gimme there. It is true. But when I walk out the door, I definitely see more than 2% of blondes walking around. Yeah, but not natural. It's nice (laughs) if they all look natural, though. That's good. That's the goal, isn't it? Rhiannon, thank you for joining us today and giving us all the facts on Going Blonde. Thank you so much for having me. Today's episode was produced by Michaela Floriano. And if you're interested in listening to something else, why not check out Mamma Mia's pop culture podcast, The Spill? 
Let Key and Laura get you up to speed on the entertainment news you need to know about, like Kanye West's recent Instagram antics. So, I mean, there was a lot posted on Kanye's account, but I think the thing that kicked things off key is when Kanye posted, just so everyone knows, Cuddy will not be on Donda 2 because he's friends with You Know Who. And Cuddy came back and said, too bad, I don't want to be on your album, you f***ing dinosaur, ha ha ha. Everyone knows I'm the best thing about your album since I met you. I'm going to pray for you, brother. Yeah, look, this was a pretty sick burn. I was just like, oh, my <laughs> Some God. Some of this is a bit funny. Like, obviously, we're going to get into the complexities of fame and mental health. But some of this was just some celebrities ragging on each other in the public eye. Yeah, I was into it. And then I, like, on Instagram, it was like I kept seeing compilations of Kid Cudi's features on Kanye's songs. And I was like, there is a little bit of merit there. Like, some of those bangers that are my favourites, Kid Cudi had a lot to do with. Listen to that episode now here in your favourite podcast app. And FYI, just by listening to You Beauty, Mamma Mia's Daily Beauty podcast, you're helping to fund girls in schools in some of the most disadvantaged countries in the world through Mamma Mia's partnership with Room to Read. We're currently funding 300 girls in schools every day and our aim is to get to 1,000. Thanks again for tuning in and don't forget tomorrow, Erin and Lee are back with Beauty News. Speak to you later.